another edition of Recipe for Greatness. I trust that we're always a blessing to you and to the family when you tune in. Today marks the start of a new series. It's titled Christ the Healer. In Psalm 107 and the 20th verse, the Bible says, God sent his word to us. That word healed us and brought us back from the brink of death. So I trust that as you listen to the word today, it will heal your body, it will heal your soul, and it will bring everyone back who is on the brink of death. Today's message is particularly titled, The Atonement. To atone means to uh, right a wrong. Jesus Christ came to right our wrongs. I want you to get the family together and listen. God bless. Healing is a children's bread. That's what I read you said. But sometimes it's hard to believe when I'm stuck with doubts in my head. So I'm holding on to whatever word you say like God will make a way. Like you took my infirmities and bore my diseases. And you picked me up from the merit clay. Healing my mind, my body, healing my soul. Giving all of you to truly make me whole. Whole? Yes, whole. Healed from a broken heart, battered body and bruised soul. I read you saved by your stripes, I am healed. It took loads of faith to make me believe that the pain of the body and the shame of the soul had truly been nailed on the cross. So like sons, we will roll. I try to comprehend your healing power. It brings me to my knees. It's not the strength from the drinks or drugs or from the Red Bull that say gives you wings. No, it's the same power to puff at the sea. The same that sent down the rain. It's the same that washed me clean and healed me and made me whole again. Sickness of the body, of the mind, of the soul, to innumerable until I learn just how much my God is truly able, able, able to deliver, able to heal, to save, and to make anew, able to make darkness disappear when the light of God's words shines true. The name of Jesus causes every need to inevitably bow, every disease to confess that He is King of Glory. Now, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus causes the chain of bondage to be broken. Sickness gives way and the dead in Christ be woken. So consume us, leave us in awe and let us know that Jesus be the master of the game and our end goal. Healing is the children's bread. That's what I read just said. Now Jesus, I believe this in my heart and in my spirit, not just in my head. And so I rise, O Lord, and let your enemies run helter-skelter. Let the powers of darkness disappear and from your lights come for shelter. Because this spoken word ain't to preach or to teach or feel swag. No, it's to proclaim Jesus the healer, the ultimate power. And in these, with no apologies, we brag. All right, join me in your Bibles in the book of Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, we're discussing the atonement. Mark chapter 2. Before I read Mark chapter 2, I'd love to say one or two things. Somebody may be asking this month, uh, um, why should I pay attention? Why, you know, why are these things important? You need to understand uh, that 
health is very vital. And it's part of God's plan for our lives that we live in good health. Why is health vital? Health is vital because a lack of good health can stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Lack of good health can determine what you aspire to do. It can limit you. When money is lost, not much is lost because, you know, you can still try to make some back. When health is lost, quite some is lost. But when the devil even wants to attack people, attack families, it brings in sickness. So the money that they cannot even spend to enjoy their life, the money that you are, you are trying not to spend, you know, uh, um, even though you love a bigger house, but you don't want to get a bigger house because you, you want to do something better with the money. Even though you love to change your car, but, you know, you just want to press, some, um, press the brakes on yourself and say, look, there's something better we can do with this money, even though I'm a car freak, but I can keep this money. But when sickness comes, you can't say, uh, um, otherwise. It's not like house or car or, or traveling the world. When sickness comes, all the money goes into it. And we cannot pay or continue to pay for what has been paid for. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. We cannot continue to pay for what has been paid for. If we have to continue to pay uh, to restore what has been paid for, that means we're paying for it twice. And that's cheating. We're being robbed. And Elevation Church, we need to wake up in this season to understand that someone already paid the price for our health and for our healing and for the soundness of our mind, our body, and our spirit. When we understand that, then we... we we stand firm in our authority to lay hold on that which belongs to us. And we don't, you know, try to just play games and say, well, maybe God wants to use it to teach me a lesson. No. No, no. If at all God permits any form of sickness is for you to demonstrate your faith, not to teach you any lesson. <laughs> to demonstrate your faith and, and, you know, take your authority over it. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting out this morning, and I want you to know that one of the objectives, of, a critical objective of this month's teaching is that at the end of this month, you should be able to harm yourself with enough knowledge. One, to deal with sickness, if, if, if it ever shows up. And if there's any pain or any sickness right now, to be able to shake such off. And thirdly, to be positioned as someone that God can use to demonstrate his healing power. Are you still with me? Because that's the, uh, if you get the kind of understanding that, that we're going to be discussing this month, then you, when you stand to pray for the sick, you know the premise of your faith. You know the premise for your authority. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So if a child is sick and you want to pray, you're not just going to pray uh, because the pastor says to pray or the Bible says to pray. You're praying from the standpoint of knowledge and of authority. Are you still with me this morning? In Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 8 to 12, I read, 
But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reason thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say the, uh, to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. The preceding verses added that this paralytic was brought to Jesus. His friends had to remove the roof I'm sure you've heard the story before. To lower him down in the presence of Jesus. The place was filled with people. The Bible says there was no leg space in, in that place. And his four friends brought him and dropped him. And when, while they lowered him down, Jesus looked at him and saw the fate of his friends. And what did he say? Son, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees and you know, the scholars were looking at themselves and were like, man, this is blasphemy. Does this man have the power on earth to forgive sin? And Jesus perceived their thoughts. And he said this to them, what we just read. That which one is easier? To say, son, rise up, carry your bed and go. Or to say your sins are forgiven you. And the communication here is that no, it's actually easier because the same power that forgives sin is the same power that heals sicknesses. And Jesus was trying to prove to them that I have power on earth to forgive sins and I have power on earth to heal sicknesses because I paid the same price. The same price that was paid for sin, for the redemption, of our soul, the same price that was paid for our bodies to be healed, for us to regain our mental health, for our mind to be sound. It's the same price. The same price. The same price. You see, in the days of Jesus, very different from our days, in, in, today, people find it a lot easier to believe that God has forgiven them their sins. Than to believe that migraine headache can go the same way. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, somebody misbehaves, a believer, and then goes to the corner of his office or something, or maybe he's just in his car and say, Jesus, I know I messed up. Forgive me my sin. The word says, if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from every unrighteousness. So I believe I've been forgiven in Jesus' name. And the person believes that he's forgiven because he believes that Jesus has power on earth to heal the sick. But if the same person continues and the person has a headache and the devil says, it's because of that sin. 
and then the person says, Jesus, have mercy. No problem. I'll take Panadol when I get home. And then you took the Panadol and um, the sickness will not go. And then instead of the headache going, started coming with um, some feverish condition. And then the next thing, you know, it just aggravates itself and before you know it, it turns to something else. And the thought, all true, is maybe I will be healed. Maybe. And sometimes some people even stay, stay, stay on it to say, um, God will have mercy. So since God has forgiven me my sins, maybe over time. But the truth is this, that when the price has been paid for something, all that is required is courage and boldness to take delivery of what has been paid for. Am I saying the truth? That's all that is required. And I want to show us another scripture this morning just to help somebody. We're laying a foundation with this teaching. They are told me. Laying a foundation. I want a situation where when you pray for someone to be healed, when you experience a pain in your body, and you, are, you, you, you want to rebuke that pain, you know the premise. So the devil cannot play games on your mind. For some of us here, parents, these are some of the things we need to put in the mind of our kids, even from now. So that when they have a pain in their body, we try to explain this to them. And so when we say, let me pray for you, they know why they should be healed or why they must be healed. So they don't grow up with some of us in unbelief. See, the power of God has never diminished for one day since he created the heavens and the earth. We only have people who don't believe. <laughs> praise God. I said, praise God. Because the same way I can believe today that my sins are forgiven, I should be able to believe when my stomach is turning to say, Jesus, turn it right. When we believe that and we understand the concept of the atonement. Uh, the atonement talks about the appeasement or reparation for wrongdoing. So when Christ shed his blood, it was an appeasement. It was a reparation. It was a payment. He paid for something. It was transactional. It wasn't just that they hated him and they killed him. I think John uh, chapter 1 verse 29, John the Baptist saw Jesus and what did he say? He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He had not even died. They identified him as the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of, God, uh, of the people. Why? Because in the Old Testament, in the days where they lived, it took a lamb to take away sin. Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Hebrews chapter 9. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of, of sin. The life of the flesh, they say, is in the blood. So when blood is shed, life has been released to cover for sin as a payment for sin. And before sin came into the world, there was no sickness. There was no sickness. Adam didn't have to use sanitizer 
in the garden. I hope you understand. There were, there were no antiseptics, no debtor, and all those kind of things. Yeah, they didn't need them. Because there was nothing to be afraid of. They, 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 there, was, there was nothing like jams. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, there was nothing like that. Have you, did you read before in the Bible, in the early chapters of Genesis, and then Adam finished working one day, and he had a headache. <laughs> Have you read that before? Or he had to rush Eve to the hospital. Because <laughs> something went wrong with him. No. Until sin came. Until sin came. Follow me carefully, somebody. Until sin came. And even when sin came, so sickness came with sin. But glory be to God. Over a century before Christ was born, many, many years, Isaiah was prophesying. And he prophesied about what Christ was going to do. And that really gladdens my heart. Isaiah 53. I read from uh, verse number 1 of Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and, 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 and verse number 1. I read verse number 1 and I'll jump to uh, uh, verse 4. But verse 1 is very instructive. He said, who has believed our report? And to whom has the harm of the Lord been revealed? So the report you believe is what determines the hand that will be revealed to you. Are you still with me this morning? Who has believed, Isaiah was just prophesying by the Spirit of God. And he said, who has believed our report? And to whom is the hand of God being revealed? Sometimes some of us here will believe the report of the past, uh, sorry, uh, uh, of the doctor more than the Bible. So the hand of the doctor is revealed to us, not the hand of God. Because Sammy says the hand of God dwells valiantly. The hand of God comes with power. So when we believe the report of the Lord, we see the hand of God in power over our lives. Say amen, somebody. As I was prophesying, I said, who has believed our report? Because if you believe our report, then you see the hand of God show, show forth for you. And what is the report? What is the report? Verse number four. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Talking about Jesus. And verse number five, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are. By his stripes we are. Can I hear you a little better? We are. I wanted to check something out here. This is the report of the Lord. Isaiah prophesying about Christ. And I tell you, Thank God for reporting and writing. So the prophecies of Isaiah, a bit of prophecies of, of Isaiah, about three or four of them, about Christ. A root shall come out of the, uh, a stem shall come out of the root of Jesse, you know, and all, that was Christ he was talking about. Isaiah was just so gifted in prophecy that he was just seeing the Messiah a lot in a lot of his prophecies. And here, Isaiah was talking about Jesus, and look at what he said. Isaiah chronicled what the atonement, what Christ, the, the, the substitutionary death of Christ, what 
result it should bring. And thank God he said this. In verse 5, he said he was wounded for a transgression. And if you have transgressed before, like me, then Christ was wounded. So that whatever penalty should come out of my transgression, I won't get it. Are you, are you, are you getting along with me? The Bible says he was bruised for our iniquities. And like I was saying in the first service, you know, transgression is easier to understand. Somebody transgress. You cross the line. Iniquity. Iniquitous. Um, that one is a bit um, deeper. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds like uh, something that has sown Agbada <laughs> for someone or something that is now inside, inside, and it has become <laughs> a way of life. It's just the way the word sounds to me. Iniquity. <laughs> it looks like it's deeper than transgression. <laughs> so what, what, what was Isaiah saying? Before Christ was born, as I was saying, this chap, when he comes, is going to pay a price. They're going to wound him. And when they wound him, he will be wounded on your behalf because you are going to transgress. He was going to be bruised. And that bruising is on your behalf because you are going to have loads of iniquities. But thank God he didn't stop with transgression and iniquities. He also said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And I believe that talks about Mental wholeness. Because when a man is not at peace, what happens? He's agitated. He's oppressed in his mind. He's, he's fretting. He's anxious. Paul must have had this understanding. That was why he wrote in Philippians 4, verse 6, that we should be anxious for nothing. Why? Because the price has been paid. The price has been paid. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Do you know where I find my, my peace from? So when it's time to fret, I cross my leg. Is that if you truly have faith in Jesus, the faith that we have in Jesus should operate in this manner. The Bible says, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and accord according to his purpose. So, our faith rests in positive outcome in every situation. And we sit together today. And that's because the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So, it says, whichever way it goes, if you can believe, even though it may not look like it, it's going to end up well. I can't hear your amen. amen. For we know that all things work together for them that love God. And are the called according to his purpose. I think that's Romans chapter 8 and um, uh, uh, is it verse 29 or so? Yeah. For we know. For we know. How, how, how did we know? We know because the Bible says the testimony of our peace was upon him. So I'm not going to lose my mind because of anything. He paid the price for the positive outcome. So even when things are negative, they are working together for my good. If I believe that he paid the price for my peace, then I'm not going to allow the devil to steal my peace. I'm not going to allow the devil to steal my peace. He says, by his stripes, we were healed. 
by stripes, by stripes, by stripes, by stripes, who were healed. So the Bible says here that he, they, they, by his stripes, we were healed. So the same way that we're saying that his power to forgive sin is the power to heal, you see the demonstration in Isaiah's prophecy. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. So everything comes together. It's a package. Have you bought a package before? Maybe at the supermarket or, you know, the mall, duty-free, and it has uh, maybe a bottle of perfume, a body wash, and a shower gel, and you say, give me the shower gel, and take the whole money, I'm going. Is that what you do? I said, is that what you do? Yeah. Or just say, it's just the perfume I want. You know, just... No, you carry, when you buy anything that is bundled, you carry everything. You don't allow anybody to steal any part of it because what has been paid covered everything. Say amen, somebody. Welcome back, and I hope you learned something from that. Uh, before we go, let me stress that it is important that you have a relationship with the healer because only then can his words find true meaning and expression in your life. Uh, I want to invite you, if you uh, need healing and you're listening to me, uh, you want to have a deeper relationship with God, or you want to actually start a relationship with God, by that I mean you need to be born again, you want to have living, active, daily fellowship with God, to please bow your heads and say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word that I've heard today and I ask that you help it to be ingrained in my life and to make meaning. I receive healing in my body right now. I receive healing in my soul. And I ask that you come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, because I'm born again and my life has new meaning. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you and welcome into the family of God. You are born again. Let me encourage you to find a church where God's word is preached and believed. That is how you can grow, by staying in the word, staying in prayer, staying in constant fellowship with God. You can join us here at the Elevation Church. I believe that our details are on the screen as I speak. Any one of our Sunday services or on our Wednesday midweek service tag, switch. Till I see you again, stay in the bosom of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a wonderful week ahead. Truth is real and greatness is enormous.